0: Good morning and welcome to the Australian Market Briefing Podcast for Thursday the 2nd of January 2020. I hope everyone had a very enjoyable and relaxing New Year's. 2019 was certainly a busy year in the markets and in the world in general and I'm sure that now that we are within the calendar year of another presidential election, things will only get more crazy from here. I'm going to start today's episode with a follow-up from a story I spoke about on Monday and that is the expected repo volatility at the close of the year. According to an article in the Financial Times, the US Fed has managed to tame those borrowing costs in the repo market by injecting billions of dollars. The cost of borrowing in the repo market rose to 1.88% on Tuesday before falling back down to 1.55%. That is generally in line with the average that has been seen throughout December and well below the peak of 6% that was reached the same time last year. As we discussed on Monday, this comes as investors were fearing a spike in repo rates similar to what was seen in September when rates reached as high as 10%, the New York Fed injected $25.6 billion of liquidity to the market through overnight funding on Tuesday, bringing the total that it has injected up to $255.6 billion. While the Fed certainly had a massive effect on the availability of cash in the system, there was also indication that the banks are simulating repo operations through derivative markets in order to continue to service their clients' liquidity needs and still meet the regulatory levels of lending for year-end calculations. This provided a little bit of space within those markets. Clearly though, this will not be the end of the story. While the Fed may have been successful at managing the market's demand for liquidity through the last quarter of the year, The challenge ahead of them now is to try to wean the markets off that support without causing another freeze up. Given that Donald Trump hasn't tweeted over the last few days, the news has been fairly quiet. This has given journalists plenty of time to write articles, looking back at 2019. The Financial Times posted a great one, which I will summarise here. Of course however, please do go and read the article itself. The Financial Times summarised the year into a few key themes, although the biggest one was that 2019 was a year of reckoning for central banks around the world. The Fed made a U-turn on its policy, starting to cut rates and providing the market with lots of very cheap money. This happened early, with the Federal Reserve signalling back in January that not only were they finished with rate hikes but also that they were now also considering rate cuts. However, just before this we had another big monetary event with the Japanese yen beginning the year with a huge rally advancing 3% against the US dollar within a minute for no apparent reason. The Australian dollar reacted by hitting a 10-year low. However, despite this exciting start to the year, we saw fairly little volatility on Forex markets for the rest of the year. The other notable event in currencies, however, was Donald Trump's launching of a so-called currency war in June by complaining that other countries were being very unfair to the United States after the ECB signalled a fresh round of stimulus. This has led investors and analysts to very seriously think about the possibility of a currency war, especially after President Trump imposed tariffs on Brazil and Argentina's steel products in retaliation for what he calls their currency devaluation. Then on August 5th, the renminbi was allowed to fall past the seven per US dollar benchmark for the first time since the GFC. Immediately diplomats started labeling this move as currency manipulation as fears of the chaos of 2015 came to the fore. However, the Chinese currency soon recovered and no large bank fallout was seen. In the bond world, we saw record amounts of bonds trading at negative yields this year as global uncertainty continued investors' search for safety. This peaked in late August with $71 trillion of debt yielding negatively globally. On September 16th, we saw the attacks on Saudi oil facilities, which again launched fears of unraveling of global markets as oil prices soared. However, they quickly returned to Earth as no wider confrontation with Iran was initiated. However, following the attack, trading in New York and London smashed records with the equivalent of 5 billion barrels of oil changing hands. We, of course, cannot leave out the quite impressive failure of the WeWork IPO. After the much hyped SoftBank backed company scrapped its plans to list shares and fired CEO and founder Adam Newman, The valuation of the company was slashed from an eye-watering $47 billion to just $8 billion according to the terms of a rescue package organized by SoftBank. And the last story we have is that the president of the ECB, Mario Draghi, was now completed his tenure and handed over to the IMF director Christine Lagarde. He left with the plea for governments to assist central banks with fiscal stimulus This echoes similar pleas from our own governor, Philip Lowe. That is all we have for today. I hope you all have a great day and a great 2020. We will be here to bring you the stories all year long and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Hey guys, thank you for listening to that episode of Australian Market Briefing. Just thought I'd let you know about the other podcasts I do, which is called Business as Usual. I do it with my friend Matt Brewis from the Millennial Investor YouTube channel, and we get together every week and have a discussion about what is going on in the markets in a bit of a longer form than I do on this podcast. And we also have some discussions about how we like to act on the information and news that happens. So be sure to check us out. You'll find it on any podcasting platform. Just search for business as usual. Our thumbnail is a little blue square and it has a city silhouette in the background. Thank you.